Hey, podcast listeners. This is Eric Schilder of the Brinkman Podcast. We've got a special podcast for you today. Instead of talking about the stories, we're going to actually play a story for you. This is an episode from Season 6, Dutch Underground, Part 1. Hey, wake up. What's wrong? The Germans are here. Quickly. Those are JU-52s. Those moths are bombing the airfield. Those are soldiers with parachutes. Yeah, that bomb exploded near Hans' neighborhood. You're listening to The Brinkman Adventures, and I'm so glad you've joined us for this family legacy story inspired by actual events that took place during World War II. Kate and Kittry Brinkman just arrived in Canada. They're visiting their great-grandmother, Lynn Van Kesteren, whom they call Omi. Lynn was born in Holland and immigrated to Canada many years ago. Let's join the girls now as their bus rolls to a stop in front of her house. Don't forget your bag. I can't believe we're here. I almost feel like we're meeting royalty. Omi Van Kesteren. Hey! Why don't you go back to your own country? What? What was that about? How rude. I thought Canadians were supposed to be nice. How can people be like that? I don't know. What a cute little cottage. Hey! Omi! Girls, you made it! Yeah, we're finally here. It's so good to see you again. Come binnen, come binnen. I have coffee and cookies. Ah, oh, Dutch cookies, my favorite. And coffee. Oh, the chairs, I love these. This room is so hezelic. So you know that word, young meisje. Dad says it sometimes. Doesn't it mean cozy? Cozy, yes. Coffee and cookies with your great-granddaughters. It's pure gezellig. Aw, Thank you. Thanks. It seems like yesterday that your dad sat in the same spot, eating cookies with Opie and me. I love your flower beds outside. Wait until you see the backyard. We go out there later. Mm, This is great. Thank you. How was your bus trip? Good. We left this morning at five. As we're getting off, this guy totally insulted this Middle Eastern woman. It was almost evil. I wish I would have said something. Yes, there are times in life when we must confront evil. Is that a picture of Opie? It is. I sure miss that man. Dad's told us some stories. He really loved his Opa. And Opie loved your father. You know your dad was named after him, right? Yep, Jack Rang Brinkman. Opie's full name was Rangit. Rang for short. Both his father and grandfather were businessmen, and Opie inherited their love for business. I heard he was sort of gruff. (laughs) He put on a gruff face, but Opie was a softie. He had a real heart for the Lord. Dad said Opie was in the Dutch resistance during World War II. Could you tell us about that? (laughs) You girls, you look a little bit tired for that story. I actually had a nice nap on the way here, so I'm good. And me too. You want to hear about the underground, eh? Yeah, and um, how you survived the war. 
But you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. They were exciting and scary days, but it's important to remember those times. So, I will tell you our story. It all started on May the tenth, nineteen forty. I hadn't yet met your Opie. He was about nineteen and was living at home with his father in a small town called Forburg. The invasion began early that morning. Hans, Charlotte, are you okay? In here, Dad. We saw the explosion from our house. You okay? We're fine. A little shook up. Charlotte has the kids on her table in the back room. I think a bomb hit the government building. Wow! Blew out your windows. Yeah, I know. In the bedroom too. Almost knocked me out of my bed. Whew. That was too close. It is probably safer at our place, and we have plenty of food. Thanks, Dad. We can take a couple of the kids on our bikes. Give us a couple of minutes to pack. I am very surprised. Holland is a neutral country, and the Germans are our friends. Yeah, some friends. We are much closer to the Germans than the English. Well, it doesn't seem to matter much now. Our boys fought hard for several days. The little Dutch air force shot down 37 German fighters. In total, we destroyed over 500 planes, and that struck an early blow to Hitler. Rang's dad ran a grocery store attached to their house. While the younger kids played in the back rooms, the adults sat next to the radio, listening for any news of the battle. On the fourth day of the invasion, the Dutch commander-in-chief came over the airwaves. Boys, come snel. General Winkelmann is talking. And our anti-aircraft battery is also an attack to the might of the German power from the air. We were left to ourselves. Uh, I had to make a grave decision, which was a very difficult one for me. Play down our arms. Fellow we shall undergo our new destiny with the same bravery with which we fought our battles. All I can say is, trust in the future. Behold your traditions. Long live Her Majesty the Queen and long live the Netherlands. No! How could you? Well, that's dead. Holland has fallen. Why did he attack us? I still don't get it. I think Hitler fears England will evade them through Holland. I can understand his thinking. He's a bit rough around the edges. But he's not all bad. He's bringing prosperity back to Germany. Zondalig. Besides, we're cousins with the Germans. I don't care if they are cousins or uncles or brothers. They bombed Rotterdam, Dad. They've killed Hollanders. I hate them too, Hans, but there's not much we can do. Our army has surrendered. It's over. Now we just need to get through this war. So, the brothers lay low and did their best to avoid the Germans and stay out of trouble. And at first, it wasn't so bad. Life went on as before. Did they take the Jews right away? No, at first the Jews were left alone. But he and his dad often argued about the German invaders. Rang became more and more frustrated. Eventually, he moved in with Hans. Did they have jobs? Yes. In those days, there was a shortage of rubber. Bike tires were out, so people would ride on the metal rims. It made such a loud racket and wasn't very good ride. Your Opie figured out he could cut rubber stripes from old car tires. What a great idea. He had quite a business going on. 
During this time, Ring and I met. It was love at first sight. My friends were so jealous. We fell in love, and he asked me to marry him. You got married in the middle of the war? Yes, a little crazy, I know. Wow. But by this time, the United States had become involved, and we all thought it would be soon over. Ring found a nice little house to rent at the other side of Vorburg. But in time, things got worse. Beginning Monday, May 7th, Dutch citizens will observe a 10 p.m. curfew and must carry a state-issued identification card. Furthermore, all Jews shall be in their homes by 8 p.m. and must wear the yellow star. There have been reports of small groups of Dutch resistance fighters forming, and these rebels are receiving their instructions from the deposed Dutch queen exiled in England. Her broadcasts must not be heard. Therefore, possessing a radio is now illegal and a crime of treason against Nazi Germany. Enforce these new policies strictly with swift, harsh punishment in order to set an example. Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! As things got worse, most people tried to keep their distance from the Germans. But sometimes contact with them was unavoidable. And sometimes your Omi couldn't keep her mouth shut. One day, Ring and I were riding the streetcar out of town to go ice skating. How long did you have to go? I have Identification. Why could it just say in Germany instead of coming here and making our lives difficult? Lynn! Fraulein, do you think we want to be here in this fat, nasty country? Trust me, we'd rather be home with our families. So let's all just try to make the best of it. Yeah? Ja, meneer. Wel voorzichtig om straks, hè? Identificazione. Ja, meneer, ik heb het tighter the laces, the better you skate. There. How's that? Ooh, tight. Do they hurt, Liefje? Nah, I'm tough. Bet you can't catch me. You're the craziest girl I've ever met. I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> I mean it in a good way. You were pretty bold with that officer. You're not a bad skater, eh? <laughs> Hunt and I spend a lot of time here as kids. You can do this. One foot in front of the other. Hello, Heer de Vries. Hello, Rang. Who is that? His name is Ruben. He's my father's tailor. He's the best tailor around, you know. Lynn, we must be careful with the Germans. You were brave. But, you know, they could throw us in jail for anything. I'm worried about you, Liefert. They're forcing young guys to work in the German factories. You know, some people are getting fake ID cards made. And changing their birthday, so they won't have to go. You should do that. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I'll talk to Hans about it tonight at church after the men's Bible study. He knows a guy. 
I love that old windmill. It is so beautiful in the snow. Hey, can you skate backwards? <laughs> of course. Here, give me your hand. Hans, Otto. Sorry I'm late, guys. It's about time, Ranger. I guess it's just the three of us tonight. Let's get started. Father, we thank you for how you speak to us through your word. Please lead and guide our conversation now in your son's name. Amen. 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 Guys, I just can't get a certain verse out of my mind. I thought we'd look at it tonight instead of Galatians. And let's turn to Proverbs 24, 11 and 12. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? So, listen. This verse tells us to help those being drawn to death. And if we pretend we don't see, God knows our heart. You two know the term Onderduikers? Of course. Anyone hiding from the Germans. French and English soldiers, Dutch officials, our lads who don't want to work in the German war factories. There's a lot of Onderduikers hiding around us at the moment. Here's my question. Does this verse mean we must help those people? Not necessarily. That verse tells us to rescue those being drawn to death. It doesn't tell us to rescue those being forced to work in German factories. Well, it's, it's basically the same thing. But that's not true. The Germans pay their workers. Would you go if the Germans ordered you to serve? No. Why not? Well, I won't support the Nazis. So, what would you do? Hide? No. I would change my ID card. Which, by the way, is something we all should do very soon. I was asked for papers today on the tram. Let's say you couldn't change your ID card. Would you hide to evade the Germans? Well, I suppose so. Would you want someone to bring you food? Yes. So, why won't you help the Onderduikers? My point is that the verse isn't talking about Onderduikers. It's talking about people being led to their deaths. But you do agree we should help them? Well, Father will be against it. That's for sure. Yeah, and he thinks Hitler has been good for the economy. Dad will see the truth in time. But right now, I'm not talking to Dad. I'm talking to you and Otto. What about the other scriptures? To honor our parents or that God establishes the government? Shall we submit even when parents or the government ask us to disobey God's law? No. Guys, our fathers fought for religious freedom. If we don't do something, we'll lose that freedom. I wouldn't be surprised if Hitler eventually outlaws churches like Stalin is doing now in Russia. Besides, life is boring sitting on the sidelines. Say we do help them. How would we go about getting food to them? We could make fake ID cards. Then they could go in and apply for a ration card. With that ration card, they could get food themselves. Making ID cards is very complicated. To get one for every person hiding would take forever. There has to be an easier way. We could give our ration cards to an underdaker, and then report it stolen. I'm sure the government will issue us a new one. No. The government would get suspicious if we kept reporting a card stolen. Between us, we'd only be able to help three people. So next, we take them from our friends and family. Better yet, steal from a bunch of people at one time. Where do people gather? Right here, of course. At church. <laughs> yeah, stealing from people at church. For real? Yeah, why not? 
Only if they're willing, of course. I can't believe I'm agreeing to this. All right. But I'm out as soon as it endangers Lynn. Okay, here's the plan. We'll spread the news around church person to person, avoiding anyone we think might have German sympathies. We'll tell those willing to participate to come to the Christmas Eve service. Then, we can tie a red bow on one of the coat racks and tell them to hang their coats there with their ration cards in their pockets. This might just be fun. I'll be right back. Hunt's already started. I'll keep the people away until you've finished. Great. There's so many coats on this wreck. Are you sure people understood? It seems like it. So far there's been a ration card inside everyone I've checked. Lynn! What are you doing? Stealing ration cards. Sorry, guys. I tried. Why didn't you tell me about this? Charlotte doesn't know either. <laughs> you need help. I'll start on that side. This could be dangerous. We don't want you girls Ray, to... I understand the risk. I want to help. Here, look. Three in one pocket. <laughs> this is so fun. I counted 47 cards. If it gets risky, we stop. Okay, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if something happened to you. 47! That's going to help a lot of people. Hey, Jew! What are you doing out after 8 p.m.? But, Commandant, it's only a quarter Don't to Don't talk back to me! Get into your house unless you want a beating. Wasn't that your friend, the tailor? Yes, but... I didn't know he was Jewish. Come on, let's get on. So, that night we became involved with the Dutch underground. Over time, our little group began to work with the National Organization for help to onderduikers. During the next two years, we brought racing cars to those in hiding. Hans was the leader and your Opie was his right-hand man. As time went on, the Germans began to tighten their grip on our little country. They forced more and more people to work in the factories. So, what about the Jews? Oh, the Jews. By this time, they began to take them away. At first we weren't sure where they were going, but we suspected the Nazis were up to something terrible. Wow. Also, more Dutchmen were called to work in Germany. Opie and Hans, they began wearing fake red cross bands on their arms. The Germans allowed them to travel freely because they thought they were medics. Then the Germans disconnected the power from all our homes. Why? They knew many of us had kept our radios and were listening to the Queen. But they forgot to disconnect the power from the garage next door. So Opie secretly ran a wire from the garage door to our living room. He hid it behind the pants in the cabinet. Nice. I could run my quiet little vacuum cleaner, and Opie could listen to the radio. Weren't you afraid of getting caught? A little. But we were careful. Since our house had power, and was at the end of the quiet street, it was the perfect place for the Dutch underground to meet. I'm sure our neighbors were curious about all the comings and goings. 
On New Year's Eve 1943, Hans and Otto stopped by. Other houses on the street were dark and cold, but not in Ring's house. We covered the windows, turned on the electric lights and had a little party. I cooked up some delicious olibolle and apple flapper from sugar I had been saving. Olibolle and apple flapper? Traditional New Year's dishes. Apple flapper are Dutch apple fritters. Olibolle literally means oil balls. Dutch donuts. Not the healthiest thing by today's standards. So there we were, having a grand old time. Lynn, these are great. Almost as good as my mom's. <laughs> a little piece of advice, Otto. Don't use that line on your future wife. <laughs> hey guys, a leader in the National Assault Group asked our team to join them. What? You're kidding me, right? What is the National Assault Group? It stands for trouble. They do the real fun stuff. Blowing up bridges, assassinations. They're asking us to conduct a raid on a government office. Apparently, there are a few hundred ration cards there at the moment. A raid? It's low risk. The workers there are helping. The National Assault Group must have heard about us. They know we're good. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, Otto. Would anyone like some weak coffee? Yes, please. What? Rang the light. Unscrew the bulb. Ah. Otto, get the oil lantern from the kitchen and put it on the table. Lynn, kick the radio under the desk. Quick. Good evening, soldier. You have lights. We have an electricity. Check that bulb over the table. Would you like some olive oil, sir? Huh? Mm. 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 Yeah. Very good. And you, please. Danke. Sie sind wahrscheinlich richtig, aber es ist jetzt mal Silvester. We won't trouble you anymore tonight. <laughs> that was close. Can you believe that? I'm pretty sure the tall guy is the commandant. You're right. He's the top Gestapo in the area. Ooh. He's like about to grab a hot light bulb. And Clever Rang, would you like some olibolas? <laughs> well, we dodged the bullet tonight. Hey, look at the time. Happy New Year, everybody. It's all so nice for us to have a Where did you get that cigarette? Stole it out of the pocket of one of those German blockheads. You took a big risk for a cigarette. Well, here it goes. Our first raid. Okay, everybody, move your chairs to the center of the room and put your hands behind your back. Here, take this rope and tie them to the chairs. Not so tight this time, okay? It needs to be believable, guys. The ration cards are in the other drawer, Hans. Please, no names. I think that's the last bucket. I, uh... I think I'm going to try it out. All right, cover me. Lower the lid slowly, please. Do you want me to roll the carpet over it? No, no, open up. <laughs> come on, Lynn, come on, open up. 
So hard to breathe. Why it's not funny? I hope you never have used that. I don't think you'd survive for more than 10 minutes. Well, it's just a precaution. But what if you do have to use it? I've been thinking about this, Lynn. If anything ever did happen and we were separated, we need a place to meet. How about the abandoned windmill? Hmm. Not a bad idea. All right. I need to get cleaned up. So, what are you guys doing tonight? Stealing a car. What? Well, we found out that if we had one of those official German cars, we'd be able to move across the country much easier. Who has an official German car? The German Commandant. Are you crazy? How is it coming, Otto? One moment, guys. Are you sure no one is here? Why? Because I think I just heard something. Otto, I need a flashlight. Hey, what are you doing? Don't move or we'll shoot. There's a house full of Gestapo behind the wall. If you shoot me, they'll all come running. Let's get out of here. You didn't shoot them on the spot? No, sir. They were attempting to try to steal my vehicle. And you didn't shoot them? They had to drop on me. I should shoot you. Did you see their faces? I saw one of them. Look at these pictures. This is him. I'm sure of it. For your sake, I hope you're not lying. You've been listening to The Brinkman Adventures. And this episode is entitled Dutch Underground Part 1. Trust me, you will not want to miss part two of this exciting story. Dutch Underground has been inspired by real people and events. To learn more, or to get your own copy, please visit our website, brinkmanadventures.com. You've been listening to Dutch Underground, part one, from season six of the Brinkman Adventures. To find out more about the audio drama, head on over to brinkmanadventures.com where you can find more information, leave a comment, or purchase a CD.